Welcome back to the St Edward's School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life at the school. Now today is 3rd of March 2022 and it's World Book Day, so we thought it only too appropriate to jump back to an episode earlier in the year with the librarian at the senior and sixth form, Laura McIsaac Bailey. Laura's about to tell us why it's so important that students read as much as possible, the positive impact it has on their learning at school, and how to inject passion and encourage reading among children. But we'll also get to hear some of the wonderful book recommendations from Laura for parents looking to get back into reading themselves. That's all coming up in this episode, so come with me now on World Book Day as we step into the world of books with Laura McIsaac Bailey. Laura, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Oh, thanks very much. No, it's a pleasure to be featured. Doing really well. We've had a busy morning so far. I've had a really great reading lesson with your nines who've come in for their silent personal reading where they get to pick their own book and bring it in for a whole lesson where we just chill out with something really pleasant to read and enjoy being in our own little headspaces with whatever stories are, are, are our favourite things at the moment. Then what else have I done this morning? I've had my year 13s in for their Ivy House Award um, where we're looking at leadership training and a bit of soul searching figuring out our own personal directions so that's been a really lovely morning Mm. and then of course lunchtime today we've had some very very close games of exploding kittens going on (laughs) in the library it's all been a bit fraught tensions were a bit high for a while but it's all been sufficiently diffused so no kittens were harmed in, in the making of this podcast exploding kittens tell me more about what this is ah exploding kittens is our favorite board game at the moment so for our libraries i as some people may already know don't run a quiet library because i'm way too much fun so we run a selection of clubs for board games and exploding kittens is one of those it's a card playing game and you try not to get hit by an exploding kitten (laughs) <laughs> and which the person, the person to life. survive the longest without being exploded by a kitten, which is good advice for life, is the winner of the game. So we've, we've got a whole bunch exploding kittens. We've got the resistance, which is a social deduction. Who's the spy game? Uh, Pass the pigs mm-hmm. is also quite popular, and obviously the game that ends all friendships and and forges alliances through time. Uno, Uno, Uno is that game. Uno. Very yeah, much so. It can end <laughs> friendships and relationships very, very quickly, can't it? In the blink of an eye, apparently. In the blink of an eye. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, tell me a little bit about how you became to be a librarian. What's that all about? Oh, gosh. So there's. it started when I was quite small, actually. This is a slightly bizarre story. So welcome, everyone, to the insight into my brain. I was a very peculiar five-year-old. And when I was five, I thought I would really like to be a hermit and live in a cave with my books that would be the best thing ever in a cave with my books but caves are quite muddy and Mm. you never know when a wolverine might break into your cave and steal all of your books so five-year-old me thought oh no that's probably probably not a good idea maybe I'll be a monk monks are cool I'd obviously watch too much cad file in the backs of my memory as a child (laughs) And thought, I'll be a monk and I could work in a scriptorium or a herb garden and that would be amazing. But I'm a girl, so that's obviously wasn't going to happen at the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, mm-hmm. maybe, I could, maybe I could be a nun. nun. Being a nun and work in a, in a library, but you don't really see many nuns in scriptoriums in, in popular 
media and literature. So I thought, nope, I'm going to be a librarian, be a librarian. Mm. Then I can have all of the books without any mud and hopefully without any Wolverines. What a fantastic that, answer. I was kind of you expecting, <laughs> you know, I mean, you could have said something like, yeah, I saw an advert in the paper and I applied for it. But, but no, <laughs> we, 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 we find out about your desires at age five to, to be a hermit. This is brilliant. And this is all what podcasting is all about. So there this is fantastic. Is hearing, Every day's a school day. <laughs> Every day is a school day. Every day is a school day. There were were some other intermediary Mm. stages in between. I I initially was going to go into academia. I spent a very long time at university, a very, very long time at university, doing a variety of different things, Mm. but ended up in school librarianship. I did university Mm. librarianship for a while too, but really found my niche in school librarianship and didn't think it was... It was never something that I thought I was going to do. In work, never worked with children or animals, but it is. I have the best job on the planet, and I will quite, quite readily tell anybody that asks that I absolutely have the best job in the world. Wouldn't change Fantastic. it for anything. It's wonderful. Brilliant. So you're coming to us today from the library. For the sake of people that are listening to this right now, maybe haven't stepped into the senior school library, just describe it for us. What could people expect if they walked in there right now? Well, at the moment, we're in a temporary library. So our original library, which was King Edward's Coach House, 1471, is being completely renovated and restored. It's a very old grade two listed building and it's undergoing a a lot of restoration work. So we are in pride of place next to the headmaster's office, overlooking the glorious front lawn with the lovely Regency architecture and big windows. And at the moment we have about... I'd say probably about a fifth of our stock in at the moment while um, mm. things are being looked after elsewhere. So we are operating a, a little bit of a smaller scale, but we are hoping in September that we will be back in the original grade two listed building, completely lovingly restored, wood panels, original wooden flooring, and it's going to be absolutely beautiful. We're in for a real treat. So be looking forward to getting back in there. Tell me why it's important for students to read. There's a complicated answer to that, but there's a very simple answer to that as well. The very simple answer is stories are awesome. Stories are great. We, we build our life around stories. We build our identity around stories. We build our relationships with stories that we make with other people. And no matter, no matter what your interests, whether it's films or Netflix box sets or video games, they are all mediums for stories they're all vehicles through which stories can be told and books reading are one of the original forms of storytelling that we Mm. don't have to be in the same room with somebody to experience we can experience them on our own and it's Mm. how we how we learn how to view the world in different ways so it's not just not just learning new words and facts and finding stuff out that that that's obviously very important but it's going on what it's like to go on an adventure in the jungle without actually traveling to the jungle. It's solving a mystery without putting yourself in any danger. It's what it's like to see a ghost without actually being scared or having to believe in in anything ghosty. What it might be like to go to Hogwarts and be a wizard. These are all Mm. things that we can discover through through stories and and what it's like to be sad, what it's like to, to be happy or what it feels like to fall in love. You can feel any emotion through someone else's shoes when you put yourselves into Mm. it. And there's whole worlds out there, both real and imagined, that we can visit and see through books. And reading Mm. is such an important way of building your imagination and creativity in ways that other, other mediums don't necessarily allow you to do. 
Tell me more about that, because everything that you talked about there in that answer, at least in the first sort of 90% of it, could be achieved, surely, by watching a film or watching a Netflix series. But oh, tell absolutely. me a little bit more then about that imagination. I think, well, I think, I, and I'm a huge proponent of both losing yourself through creative means in Netflix series or films. I'm a huge video games fan. But there's something very personal about your relationship with a book. If I mm. say to you, Johnny came in bouncing a ball. If you're playing a game or watching a visual medium, you know exactly what Johnny looks like. You know exactly how old he is. You know exactly how big or small the ball is and what color it is. But if you read that sentence on a page, then you create that picture in your head and it's mm. only your picture. No one else can create it for you. And your relationship with the story, the words on the page, is something very intrinsically your own. And there's a kind of magic in that. It's why when people watch a film that's been a book before, if they read the yeah. book first, sometimes they'll say, well, that didn't look anything like that in my head. No, no, it probably didn't. Unless you've got an exceptionally clever author that is writing word for word for film. I'm looking at you, Harry Potter book four. That, that's something that happens. But usually there's so much more agency in your personal relationship with a book, which is probably mm. slightly deeper than most of our students will realise that they're doing as, as they're reading and making those jumps in their brain. But mm. your emotional response that you have to a book will depend on what you are able to pull out of it. And that's going to be different mm. for every reader. Every reader will have their own response to a text. Laura, how does reading positively impact a student's learning at school? Oh, reading's hugely important. It does a, a lot for not just, I mean, there's, the standard one is that oh, we all learn new words and new vocabulary. Um, and yes, you, you do learn new words and new vocabulary, but there's also a, a huge impact on, on things like focus and, and memory. So by, by reading for, say, 20 minutes a day, no more than 20 minutes a day, just those 20 minutes a day can help to hugely build neural pathways within your brain that familiarise yourself with, with language, with syntax, with the way that words go together. And you, you will start to improve your essay writing, um, your communication skills, your verbalisation, just through being exposed to the ways different people write and use words in different ways with different sentences and different linking will really help you to find your own critical voice. And it's a process that starts starts as soon as you start reading at an early age, but continues all the way through. So especially for A-level students, university students later on, you will start to find out the ways you want to write and the ways that you start to narrate inside your head will all develop through being exposed to different ways of writing. The, the bits of your brain when you read that get stimulated will help to improve short-term recall for memory, emotional processing in dealing with sensory inputs for empathy and also for decision-making. So you, whenever you read, every time you read, even if it's just for that 20 minutes a day, you do manage to stimulate your brain in such a way that will allow it to develop new skills, wow. which is fascinating for me, being, being, being I just like the stories, miss, um, <laughs> knowing that it gives me a whole bunch of added benefits too. But well-being as well. I don't know if you've, you're familiar with the read before you go to bed approach no. I, I always read before I go to bed it's why I have glasses now because I used to read far too late with not enough light 
as a child. And I have no regrets, by the way. It was absolutely worth it. But reading can help you sleep. Um, it can calm you down. Relaxation has been prescribed by Nicola Morgan is one of the people that work with teenagers and um, teenage anxiety and stress and processing. And reading will help to dramatically increase well-being and calmness. So if you are feeling a bit anxious, if you are feeling a little bit stressed, it can help to to definitely lessen those things. And it can help to alleviate some forms of depression as well. So if you're having a really bad time and reading is your thing, being able to escape into a really good book for a while has multiple benefits. And building empathy, Mm. learning about how other people think and how other people respond in different situations is also hugely important. There's 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 a lot more than just we can learn some new words and some new vocabulary mm. from books. It's certainly one of the things that I mean and I am biased obviously, I am a librarian, but being able to have that end of the day just a little bit of a read before bed to turn my mind off really helps and I know it certainly helps some of our GCSE students as well once they're mm. in that that slightly anxious mind is spinning zone to just mm. step away for a moment and calm down and get back into themselves. So I think it's obviously I'm going to say reading books is marvellous, but uh, the science also says reading books is marvellous. It's not just me. So how do you inject a passion into reading amongst young children today? I think there's still a lot of space for stories. There's still a lot of space for reading. It was one of the things that we noticed we looked at our digital library collection so we, we do have an ebook library it's mm-hmm. it's there it's, it's definitely used some of our students really prefer it but there's still a huge passion for physically holding a book and turning pages and the good book smells which now are slightly relaxed rules of covid compared to the last mm-hmm. couple of years when we can be in a library and we're allowed to touch the books again the the mm. new book smells are, are, are of being celebrated once more which fills me with my own personal flavor of joy it is one of the best smells ever one of the best smells ever (laughs) but there is still quite a demand for physical books and libraries Mm. are not just spaces that you come in and you pick up a book and you sit in silence as i said earlier we have way too much fun at break Mm. and lunch to be sitting in silence so it's the idea of libraries as their space It's not just this space that is a book repository. It's a space that is theirs that they can take ownership of. So I try and make sure that the library is always doing something fun. It is a place of fun and therefore reading and books and stories become more fun. So whether that's working, I did some lessons with year sevens where we do for Poetry Day, we did William Shakespeare or rapper, which which line was said famously by a contemporary rap artist and which which line was said by William Shakespeare have have a guess and see if you can match them out and we had a blast with that and then tried to write our own hip-hop Shakespeare which some of it was a success um some of it was less of a success let's go with that one but it was still fun and still very interesting we've also had blind date with a book in the library where all of the books all of the books are wrapped up and this we do this every february so every valentine's day we have blind date with a book and there's just a a cheesy little one-liner like like you'd find in a lonely hearts column on the front of a book that gives you a, a, a vague punny clue as to what the story might be about 
and some of them are entirely more relevant than others. And it's that don't judge a book by its cover. Try something mm. different. Surprise yourself. Challenge yourself. Read something outside of your own box. Mm. And that always goes down a storm. I spend hours wrapping up these books and they're all <laughs> gone in, in a day. And then I have to find some <laughs> other ones and wrap those ones up. And they always fly off the shelves. So it really is very good. But trying to encourage students to be really enthusiastic about books. I love my book collection so much here in the library. And I take the books home that the kids read at the weekends so I can have an idea of what I can recommend to each student. The the absolute Mm. best thing about St Edward's is that we are a small school and we do feel like a family. So having Mm. small classes that come in and I can say to students, oh, you read this book last time. Did you enjoy it? Brilliant. I know exactly the kind of book that you might enjoy next. And it's being able to have that relationship with each student and try and recommend them a book that I think they will enjoy based on what they enjoy in other aspects of their lives. And that could be... I really like these books, miss. Please find me more books like this. Or it could be, this is the video game that I've played over the weekend. Or these are the sports and hobbies that I'm interested in. Or this is the kind of current affairs topics that I like to to talk about. What could you give me that might inspire a love from from that? Mm. So it's loving stories. Not being afraid to love stories and being very, very expressive about the kind of books that I'm reading, that I'm really enjoying, and I think they're going to get a kick out of, and them recommending books to each other. It sounds to me like you've made the the library a, a, a very, you've consciously made it an exciting place to be, and putting the coolness back into reading again. I th- well, I would say that, obviously. Uh, it's my favourite. It's definitely my favourite place to be. My library is my happy place. And I'm really, really fortunate that it's always full. So break time and lunchtime, there's very rarely a chair left vacant. So even when we're back in the, the slightly larger library, um, the, the, the desks, I think we can host about 45 or so seats. And they, they're usually full. It's, it's a joy. But it is, again, it's that sense of ownership. It's, it's not just a place where the books are on the shelves. It's, it's very much their space for them to be. In. And when you come into your happy space and it's full of these things called books, they're not something to be frightened of. They're, they're not something that's intimidating. And there's always the librarian there that can recommend you a book that's the right reading level and the right interest for you. And it's not everyone's cup of tea. It's never going to be everybody's cup of tea. But the willingness to give it a try is is the important part, just to, to give it a go and see if that one book, that first book, is going to be the one that lights a fire under you and you and that's that's your your entry into reading for the rest of your life and being a lifelong reader awesome sounds like there's a bit of a lesson changeover or something going on in the background i love these beautiful sounds of school life laura tell me if if there's a child who's currently not reading and maybe there's a parent who's trying to encourage their their child to read doesn't matter what they start off reading no i don't think any reading is bad reading and this is something that I say to, to students that are maybe a little bit shy about reading or, or sometimes struggle with it, or even those, and I'm, I'm very open with, with the students like when we get a new class in, hands up if books are the most amazing thing ever and you love them, hands up if books are all right, maybe a little bit meh, and hands up if don't like books, miss, and never could read a book in my life if I don't have to. Um, and there's always one, There's of, of course there's always one. And the trick 
that I find with those particular children is they do need to find that one book that changes their mind that reading isn't boring or finding a book if they have if, if, if you know if they're finding reading itself a challenge finding something that is accessible for them and working with individual learning with their parents with their with their English teachers and and with obviously with the child themselves but just making sure that we have books that aren't going to frighten we've we've got some absolutely wonderful books in the library at the moment that have um, a more mature interest level but a very low reading age so there's books in the library that will be readable for for students that find it tricky that find it hard but they're not going to be boring they're not babying they're Mm. not pandering to a a lack of confidence it's very much Mm. this is going to give you a really good story that's really age appropriate for you you know there's 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 Mm. nothing silly or babyish about it but you are going to be able to work your way through it and the sense of accomplishment Mm. when they finish those books is, is astonishing alternatively if you've got children who are very capable but just not interested the trick is trying to find something that's going to pique their interest so it could be i really like action movies i like james bond miss okay well let's try and find you a book that is going to tick those action hunter boxes that give you that adrenaline rush i call them popcorn books and i love a good popcorn book it's like when you're at the cinema and you're watching a film and you can't stop eating the popcorn really really fast because it's so exciting (laughs) in front of you but but instead of eating popcorn you're turning the pages really really fast because you can't stop reading what's in front of you and trying to gauge what that book is going to be for each child is one a challenge but two the best feeling in the world when you get that right that's 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 one of the things that I absolutely live for in my dream job that I'm very lucky enough to have is giving these kinds of books to students and seeing them go yeah that was great miss doesn't always work doesn't always work we've also got a lot of graphic novels and Japanese manga in the library as well so if you're not confident at or not sure you're going to enjoy a really chonky novel that's obviously you open it up and it's it can be quite intimidating if you're not a reader and there's just a sea of text that you're not used to and paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs so finding something that's not a necessarily a picture book but has enough dialogue and description in manageable boxed chunks can be a way into fiction Mm. as well we've had a great resurgence at the moment of um, novels written in verse in free verse in In fact one of our most popular books last year was uh, rebound by kwame alexander which is a book about a young chap who really wants to play basketball really really well and isn't as good at basketball as he would like to be but his cousin she is an exceptional basketball player but isn't allowed to play because she's a girl. Mm. And it's the story of their growing relationship as as cousins and and then as friends and then as basketballers. And it's written entirely in beautiful free verse. So there's very little rhyming. There's no real set structure to it at all. And it's far more accessible as a book, especially for boys that, that... I don't want to read I don't like books when that situation arises I will quite happily recommend them something like Rebound which Mm. looks really thick it's quite a chunky book it's a a good inch wide possibly even two but because it's written in free verse it isn't a sea of text 
there's a lot of white on the page and how the text is laid out is very accessible it's not intimidating it's a really great story but it's very short in terms of its wordage but it doesn't lose anything because of that it's just a different way of telling a story and it it was nominated for best book of the year um in i think 2017 i believe no 2018 2018 okay. i think mm-hmm. i could be wrong don't quote me on that one mm-hmm. but the carnegie medal is always the eight best books written for young people in english in that particular year and it's it's an absolute delight to work your way through them we run a uh, a reading club every spring term where we'll go through as many of the Carnegie shortlisted titles as possible and pick our own favourite and see if they match up to what the judges think when they award the medal. So, yes, very good. So tell me then, if, if I was a parent and I'm listening to this podcast episode right now, maybe I, I used to do quite a, bit, quite a lot of reading. Maybe today I don't do so much reading. And maybe I need to get back into reading. As an adult, what authors or what, which books would you recommend for a parent to step back into? I do, oh, it depends on your personal taste. It's very much like saying, "Buy me a jumper," um, and, mm-hmm. and I could, I could, I could buy you an amazing novelty jumper with with all of the slogans on it as well. But if novelty jumpers aren't your thing, then you're not going to enjoy mm-hmm. it. Um, I think one of the ways of instilling a love of reading in children and young people is being a reader yourself. And if if parents have have the time and the inclination, spending some time reading. Even with secondary school students, it doesn't need to be the primary school ones. It could be the secondary mm. school ones too. Um, spending time reading together is is fantastic, and getting to see mm. your parents read really goes a long way in, in promoting reading f- for us. At the moment, my favourite grown-up book, which is a rarity, I'm, I haven't read too many grown-up books for a while, but my latest favourite grown-up reading book was Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. It's an astonishingly beautiful piece of writing and it's about a young lady that has grown up in the swamps and didn't go to school uh, or was meant to go to school but never turned up and she spends her time studying the flora and fauna of the swamps and it starts out with her being on trial for murder and you learn throughout the course of the book whether or not she is found guilty of this murder and whether or not oh. she did it, which may be two separate answers. You'll find out when you read the book. But <laughs> it's written in this just remarkably beautiful prose and the language that they use to describe the swamp, you, you feel like you are absolutely there. And mm. it's not the kind of book that I would normally choose for myself. I like gritty, mm-hmm. dark, horrible, nasty books that have usually got a crime to solve or are fantastical in some way. But this was just so wonderful and filled a little piece of the world that I didn't know was missing for me. And I would thoroughly recommend it, regardless of what your reading tastes are. I think there will be something in this book that scratches the itch that you need for a good read, um, no matter Ooh. no matter what you, you're usually a fan of buying. I'm definitely intrigued by that one now, Laura. Laura, we need to bring this one, this episode to a close now. But if anyone's heard anything and they wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way they could go about doing that? Well, they are more than welcome to email me. We have the St. Edward's Library Instagram page as well, which everyone is more than welcome to visit. But absolutely, parents can email me for book recommendations at any time. 
more than happy to give grown-up recommendations too. Perfect. Obviously, what's the email address people should use there? Um, L.MacIsaacBailey at stedwards.co.uk. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for opening up the library to us, despite it being a temporary one. Uh, it's been fantastic talking to you, and I've really enjoyed hearing all about reading at St Edwards. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. So that was Laura McIsaac-Bailey, librarian at the Senior and the Sixth Form at St Edward's School, talking to us on what is now World Book Day. Thank you again, Laura, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It was really good to hear your passion for books and why it's so important to get children reading. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.